0: Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Growth Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back everyone for another episode of the Grow Through It podcast. I have with me here a good friend of mine, Amy Denny, who is a holy yoga instructor. Uh, She is also certified in trauma-sensitive yoga And she has tons of gifts and talents. I was just trying to convince her that she should consider something as another element to her business. But welcome, Amy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. Um, Just to give you guys a little bit of of a background, how I met Amy. Um, I met Amy a few years ago when she was facilitating um, a uh, vision board exercise it was like a workshop wasn't it it was yes um and at that time I was not finished with my book you guys I was like in that space of like I want to do this thing but I'm scared and you were like one of the first connections I made here locally of someone who was like doing women empowerment stuff and I was scared to step out into that because it i wasn't meeting people who, who were doing that and i was feeling alone and so meeting you kind of helped me to like get that push oh, To
1: that's so good
0: <laughs> like yeah you can do this and so that's how i met her and then we've just continued to like work together on different projects and it's just been amazing you've yeah. been a blessing it
1: really has you've been a blessing <laughs> to me i mean um even when you see other people who appear to be doing so much better than you, which, you know, sometimes that's a total facade anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, They need somebody to come alongside them. And so you've been that for me too. And just to have you um, be encouraged by me was encouraging for me. And then I think we just been able to build each other up yeah. and build each other and go through the highs and lows because life yeah. isn't all about writing on some sort of you know success wave nonstop. yeah
0: yeah I um and I pre- what I appreciate about you is I think you are the first person who has ever done this with me and it's what I think led me to feel um like you're a safe place to share mm-hmm. things at times where you guys, Amy would literally like, I would tell her something going on in my life and she would stop and pray for me. And I, I've never experienced that. I've always experienced people who would like, be there and listen and maybe like project their advice or I'd hear about it from other people later, they were gossiping about me, but for you to just stop and just like, I'm gonna pray for you. And you would grab my hands and you would pray and you have no idea how much. <laughs> I'm just like, that touched me so much because I I was so used to women backstabbing me and talking about me and putting me down and judging me. And you like did the most Christ-like thing I could think that you should do is just stop and be there and pray for someone. I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> I've had some, you know, I've
1: had a lot of that too, the backstabbing and mm-hmm. the gossip and it, It's hurtful, and it can certainly push you down several layers, but I also had some really amazing mentors who've done the same for me and have led by example, and then just, I think, as you're growing in faith, to not stay stagnant. At some point, somebody challenged me, and I don't even remember who it is to give them credit. If you say the words, I'm going to pray for you, what's stopping you from actually just pausing everything and praying. Yeah. Uh, we take so much time to gossip and mm-hmm. to, you know, share the rumor mill, mill, but we don't pause and actually do the the heavy lifting of praying. And I say heavy lifting because it is heavy
0: lifting. Yeah. It is. It's a spiritual warfare.
1: It is. And it um takes time and a mm-hmm. lot of people in this day and age don't want to pause and mm-hmm. take the time to pray. And a big mm-hmm. part of prayer life for me is um praise and 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 coming to God with requests, yes, but also just listening. Yeah. And I think that's where most of my faith growth
0: has been, just to be able to to listen. Um, and it's hard. <laughs> it is. Because like our I always call it like my logical brain and my spiritual brain. And I'm like, my logical brain says this but my faith-based spiritual brain says this. And I feel like I'm always at war with those two things where it's like our human nature wants to do things one way, but then it's like our spiritual nature, our God nature is like, (laughs) no, we're gonna do it this way. And then I feel like that's the faith
1: path. Right, that's so funny you would say that because I sent an email to the pastor of the church I'm attending right now, just to thank him for the ways that the church has worked on our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, we went through a a bit of church trauma many years ago, about six years ago, Mm -hmm. and we were trying to make church work for us. Um, just like what you're saying, we were trying to do it. We were trying to be in control. We were trying to put all the pieces together. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting God just, you know, just taking it all to him and letting him. Yeah grow our faith. So yeah. a lot has changed in the last year, a lot of it through trauma in mm-hmm. our family's life, but our faith has grown exponentially because we finally just surrendered.
0: Yeah.
1: And the happen.
0: Well, that's partly why I wanted you to come on because, uh, on the Grow Through It podcast, I like to share my personal stories and the stories of others who have grown through different challenges in life and then made it out onto the other side. And I know you've had some health challenges that you face. um, And it seems like maybe your faith had a part to play in that. You wanna share a little bit about that? Sure.
1: Um, I have what I've called sort of a movement um, called Moving Mountains Mm -hmm. for the last six years. And part of that name um, was rooted in the fact that my husband had a really severe back problem um, probably about seven years ago or so. It was ongoing. And at one point, um, our friends were praying for him. Mm -hmm. And um, I was praying, you know, God, I, I know that the word says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain Mm -hmm. and this back problem that my husband is having is a mountain in our lives right so no I have faith the size of a mustard seed yeah so God like just heal his back Mm -hmm. and um did and my husband's back was um not a hundred percent healed but healed to the point where he can he can work Mm -hmm. and not have issues and in fact since that prayer um he used to get Anywhere from three to six steroid shots in his back every year. And he hasn't had one in, it's probably been seven or eight years. So that was like my whole prayer. So when my health started to suffer, and I had had endometriosis, fibromyalgia, migraines, severe insomnia. And I was just trying and trying and trying to do things and nothing was changing. And so I prayed that prayer for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, God, I know, I know that I can believe you and I trust in you mm-hmm. and I know that I have faith, mm-hmm. um, like a mustard seed. So I know you can move this mountain. Yeah. And he didn't, um, at least not right away. And mm-hmm. I continued to slog through some health issues mm-hmm. and ultimately found out I was gluten intolerant. Um, potentially allergic to gluten. I was never tested, Mm -hmm. but, um, that was kind of the first layer of the onion of peeling back some of my health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did some nutritional supplements and uh, like opened up a lot of freedom in my health. A lot Mm -hmm. of pain was released. And shortly after that, after these things, but not prayer, but these things Mm -hmm. I felt were improving my health. I drove, I was on a country road going to my sister's house, and I drove by this teeny tiny church. But this old style marquee that said, um, God can move mountains, but sometimes you need to pick up a shovel or something to that effect, or you need a shovel. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, sometimes we rely so much on God just doing things, and He's asking us. To do some of the work too, yeah. And so I knew that those things—giving up gluten, realizing that was part of the problem, using some supplements, mm-hmm. finding um, nutrition, changing some lifestyle habits—I would have, I wouldn't have done those things, yeah, had it not been um, for the the crises that I was in. So yeah. God was at work just
0: in a different way, right? So yeah. I needed a shovel. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because it's making me think about so many different things. And even some scriptures like faith without works is dead and the scripture about digging ditches. And I think that, um, especially in the faith-based community, um, I know growing up in the church, it seemed like people would pray and then just sit and wait idle for a prayer to be answered. And I remember that was something that always bothered me about Christianity where I was like, but what am I supposed to do in the meantime? And I, for some reason, looking back, I think I always felt like I'm supposed to do something, but it wasn't really taught the what. And I think that that's where that part of faith without works is dead. Like we do the works and our faith is where God comes and meets us halfway to perform the miracle. But it's like, our faith is also taking action and showing God that I trust you, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm expecting you to use your supernatural power to make this more than what it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. But I think the problem is a lot of people think that prayer is just praying and waiting, and sometimes it is that, but sometimes I think it's also praying and then taking action, and it's in the action that we see the miracles. Right. It can be really discouraging
1: um, if you pray and then don't take advantage of... Of knowledge mm-hmm. or wisdom or opportunities that mm-hmm. come your way, because mm-hmm. sometimes those are the ways that God answers the prayer. Not yeah. always, but sometimes. So um, I've always said that having an open mind has been um, one of my superpowers yeah. because I'm not—I am not i am closed minded I think we all are to a certain extent, right? But for the most part, um, I try to keep an open mind about things, yeah. and I think because of that, I'm able to see um, possibilities and opportunities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in ways that maybe other people aren't able to see.
0: I think that's so important to have because you could get really jaded into one way of thinking. Um, you know, I'm thinking about examples of people that I've heard who may have like diabetes, right. And they're saying, I'm praying on God to heal my diabetes, but I still see them picking up that candy bar. And I still, and it's like, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, there's a practicality part to it. Like, you're supposed to do something and there's no effort. But the fact is that I think a lot of, and even in a a black church, you know, I don't know what kind of teachings you had, but a lot of us were taught that you pray and you just wait on the Lord. God's going to come through. And that bothered me because I'm like, so there's no responsibility on us. We're not supposed to do anything. And that never jived well with me. And so I like that you're talking about like, you take an initiative and using tools to help you on your health journey, because we do have to take some accountability for ourselves and the results that we're looking for.
1: I'm reading the new Testament right now, a lot of Paul's letters to the churches. And he talks a lot about that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so many different illustrations of um, what he's doing to give them the example. And, you know, he set the ultimate example. He, he didn't sit by idly and just think, okay, I'm just waiting for Jesus' yeah. return. Mm-hmm. He was at work constantly, mm-hmm. both working for an income and working to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can learn a lot. I mean, of course, we learn a lot from the Word of God, but mm-hmm. um, just watching to see how other
0: um, faith leaders live out their faith. Mm-hmm. I know you've shared that you also battled with endometriosis fibromyalgia, chronic migraines, insomnia, digestive issues. Um, can you share a little bit about like, how all of those health challenges impacted you and how your faith helped you to go through that and get to the other side? Um, <clears throat> I feel like it's been so long ago
1: uh, since I was really in the crux of that. I hardly even recall it. Um, and I think sometimes God erases some of the painful parts of our past Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to always deal with it but I do recall like um, just several there was a holiday I think it was Halloween in which I couldn't get out of bed because of pain and Mm -hmm. so I couldn't participate in trick-or-treating with my kids and my Mm -hmm. husband and Mm -hmm. they went out and had this grand old time it was the best Halloween ever (laughs) and I wasn't a part of it and Mm -hmm. my mom had chronic health issues when I was growing up and she missed Christmas one year and Mm -hmm. it was Not pretty. Um, It wasn't pretty the way that my dad and her handled it together for Mm -hmm. us kids and um, I just that just sticks with you and so I didn't I didn't want to be that kind of mom and I really didn't know what to do. Uh, Though my background is journalism and I was a health reporter and I had written about all kinds of health topics, Mm -hmm. it's so confusing the information that's out there about Mm -hmm. health. Um, Mm -hmm. On one hand drink more coffee mm-hmm. it's good for you on the other hand coffee is horrible for yeah. you so trying to wade through the information mm-hmm. and um, keep an open mind but also um, figure out what science is trying to tell us is is not easy mm-hmm. and I think that's where some of my faith probably played the biggest part because I am a researcher and I tend to sift through a lot of yeah. heavy information and try to figure things out for what the the bottom line truth is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and for endometriosis, there's so many diet-related things. And so mm-hmm. that can be
0: that's a whole world of of things. Um, so was it the diet changes that helped cure those issues that you were having? Um, I
1: wouldn't say cure, but lessened them okay. a lot. So um the gluten was probably a big trigger for mm-hmm. me. Um, and that helped tremendously. I have a whole nother set of issues that is emerging.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) You and I have talked about that a little bit. Um, But I think that the diet was at the heart of a lot of those things. So when I clean that up and then because of the digestive issues, which are often connected to endometriosis, there um, is this, theory of leaky gut, so mm-hmm. probably I was nutritionally bankrupt, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was probably causing the insomnia and the fatigue. Mm-hmm. And
0: the, so your body wasn't absorbing nutrients? Right.
1: Okay. Right, and I wasn't tested for that, but that, that, that tends to be, these things that are all kind of connected, mm-hmm. and, you know, digestive issues and endometriosis, and a lot of digestive issues are an out-of-balance gut. I had chronic sinus infections, and I was on a ton of antibiotics every year for sinus infections. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're saying that it takes seven years for the gut to restore its um, microbiome from um, one dose of antibiotics. Wow. So, or one course, I guess I would say. A course. Long time. It's a long time, and I had, you know, every year I was taking antibiotics for sinus infections, so. Is there anything you can do to reverse that? Do you know? Um, I know they say, you know, probiotics are kind of the big hype at the moment. Right. Um, I was doing probably one of the highest quality probiotics um, and I wasn't seeing any results. Mm -hmm. Well, what I later learned is you can take probiotics all you want
0: mm-hmm. if you don't
1: take prebiotics which is the food for probiotics they just go through your digestive system they just cast through so lot. does
0: the prebiotic help to absorb the probiotic
1: yes okay. so what happens is that if the prebiotic is there in the mm-hmm. gut then um, that's what the probiotic then it will stay in the gut to feed on the prebiotic and then you know, and I'm not a scientist, so I might be saying this wrong, but (laughs) (laughs) I noticed a huge difference when I added the prebiotic into my diet, so that, I think, was huge, and that started
0: the process of healing my gut. Okay. Um, I remember seeing on social media these before and after pictures that you would often share. You had a weight loss journey through all of this also, right? Right. I did. So what, how much, where were you at? If you don't mind sharing or sharing the the weight loss that you got, like the numbers. It
1: was probably about 25 pounds when, right when I was in sort of sitting in the mess of my health issues and I realized that I was allergic to gluten. Mm -hmm. I um, had this encounter with God in my bathroom where I got out of the shower and my husband had just remodeled. So maybe the fact that the, the space changed was like this little trigger for me to stop. I looked in the mirror and realized that I was avoiding my own reflection of my naked body. As I got out of the shower every day, I didn't want to look at myself and I paused and I saw myself. And in that moment, I um, just felt an overwhelming love from God and from my husband um, that I was perfect the way I was. Mm -hmm. I had put on a lot of weight. I had struggled on and off with weight for years, Mm -hmm. which is um, also another typical result of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt like, stop fighting the weight. Yeah. The weight is not your battle. Yeah. You are loved and perfect just how you are, and mm-hmm. everything changed in that moment for me. I stopped the obsession over trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. and I shifted my focus more to my health and well-being. Wow! And then as That's a result,
0: huge. <laughs> it was. I mean, I want to stay there for a minute because I have, I know so many people who struggle with, and I know you teach um, body positivity and body positive body image and stuff like that also. And I know so many people. They focus on the weight and the body image. And it sounds like in that moment, your journey went from outside in to inside out. Right. Absolutely. Wow. This, is, this is why we connect. So
1: much. <laughs> 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 and, you know, a lot of people, I never, as I coach other people, I never turn somebody down who wants to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no right or wrong way to approach things. But mm-hmm. for me, that mindset shift
0: was everything, yeah, because uh, it does start internally, it does because i I have lost the weight and gained it all back because the mindset wasn't there to maintain and sustain it because I lost the weight out of self hatred for where my body was, mm-hmm. but then, when I shifted my focus to I'm eating healthier and I'm exercising and moving my body because this is a vessel. It's a container that the Holy Spirit's in. And I want to be healthy because I feel good when I'm healthy. I can keep it off. But before, when I was doing it as, I hate my body, I hate my muffin top. I hate this. I hate that. The weight always came right back. And I really do think the mindset shift was the game changer for me also.
1: I mean, the reality is um, I'd put some weight back on and I can touch on that in a minute if you mm-hmm. want um but that mindset shift has to be part of of any kind of journey mm-hmm. um, you know God doesn't see us as a number on a scale no. I don't know why we do we're yeah. so obsessed with it it yeah. is this whole American obsession it is an untruth
0: yeah. about your value or worth I think it's unhealthy to a certain extent it can be like I feel like the scale can be good for a tool, right? To say like, this is where you are as far as like, is this healthy for you? But I think the problem is, is that, and especially for women, we could cross over the line of it becoming obsessive over the number on the scale. And then, you know, I even got to a point every day or every week, what's the number, what's the number? But it's more about how do you feel? Is your body healthy? Do you feel good mentally, spiritually, all that stuff? So. Right. It's like, I think you have to be careful between, are we using this as a tool to measure where we are? Or are we obsessing over like, this is validates me, this number. Right,
1: and you know, the reality is, um, there are skinny people who are suffering from health conditions. Yeah. And when we focus, hyper focus on weight, um, we're doing them a disservice mm-hmm. as well. So it can't be all about the number on the scale you're right there's a correlation between weight and, and health and in, mm-hmm. in some circumstances more than others mm-hmm. um, but people who are moving and eating well and are just bigger and their all of their health numbers look good yeah that's their size yeah that's okay yeah you know so um for me, yeah, shifting to focus on how do I feel and what are my symptoms like, knowing um, are my symptoms, you know, spiking, Mm -hmm. are they subsiding, and really listening to my inside self. Mm
0: -hmm. What do you think um, helped you experience that mindset shift, that moment where you were in the mirror? Um, Was there anything leading up to that? Like, had you been at war with yourself, or you know, like, and I'm sure the answer is probably yes, but <laughs> that's typically what happens before we have this massive shift. Right. But like, tell us about like, how what you thought led you up to that point to experience that shift? Yeah, I
1: mean, I had been beating myself up. Um, I was at my biggest. Um, I was in another size up, which was then the largest size I had been in at that point ever mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and it was discouraging because I had started to, um, make some changes and I was frustrated that nothing was changing on the outside Mm -hmm. because I was doing some things on the inside. So I think it was a good place for God to stop me and get my attention and say,
0: it's not about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it seems like it just started falling off. It did. Yeah. (laughs) Once I, once I started my new
1: lifestyle with the included intermittent fasting Mm and, um, You know, of course, I use
0: IsoGenics and incorporate those tools. Are you still a wellness advocate for IsoGenics? I am. Can you tell us about that?
1: About IsoGenics? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. (laughs) Um, It's just I just stumbled on it and. Person who I trust immensely, mm-hmm. who has utmost integrity, was sharing about it on social media, mm-hmm. and I drug my feet for nine months. I always laugh about that because I could have been feeling better nine months earlier, <laughs> um, but I had sticker shock from switching to what I was doing to using Isogenics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's food products. One of the uh, founders of Isogenics, his nickname is the Mineral Man, and he's probably one of the world's biggest authorities on minerals. Okay. And we are a mineral deficient um, people. Mm-hmm. A lot of the minerals have been stripped away from the soil because of farming techniques. Oh. Um, the little, um, the little biome of critters in the topsoil mm-hmm. um, that break apart the minerals so that they can be absorbed into the roots of plants Mm -hmm. have been killed because of pesticide use. Oh my goodness. So because that whole layer of soil Mm -hmm. has been killed off then the plants that are growing in that soil then become um, more deficient Mm -hmm. in minerals than they had been in the past. So they've done some studies on uh, different plants like spinach showing that like you'd have to eat 53 times as much spinach to get what you did you know decades ago
0: wow
1: so all I know is I put it in my body
0: and I felt amazing and it was an incredible Mm -hmm. breakthrough moment for me what um are the deficiencies we experience due to the mineral (laughs) deficiency
1: um I don't know probably all of them (laughs) I didn't bring notes on any of that um, but I know one of the techniques that isogenics uses is, um, oh gosh, you really put me on the spot. <laughs> I can't think, of, uh, alfalfa. Okay. So the alfalfa plant, its roots go 25 feet down in the soil. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that they use the alfalfa plant in their supplements is because the roots bypass the topsoil. Mm-hmm. And they go deep down where the soil hasn't been contaminated by pesticides okay. so that the minerals are actually there and they're being
0: absorbed. Oh, wow, so it's interesting how um I always say God put everything on this planet that we need i I've always believed that i don 't even know where that came from, but i've always had this belief like we have everything we need here <laughs> I think when you're a believer
1: there's a part of you i mean it's just like knowing um, that there's when you come to Christ knowing that that is this missing this piece that you needed all along mm-hmm. there's a truth in that because I remember as I struggled with gluten thinking but people in the old testament ate bread god wants us to eat bread why can't i eat bread Mm -hmm. so that curiosity drove me then to research the history of bread to find out that gluten wasn't part of bread in the old testament i think bread was flat back then right i don't know what it might have looked like but i know it didn't have gluten in it so that's um,
0: interesting where did so where did that part come from? Do you know the gluten it, aspect?
1: Yeah, it was just added in, I think, to make the texture of bread fluffier.
0: So probably oh. it was a flatter
1: type of okay. bread. Okay. Um, yeah. So just
0: us humans wanting more, more, more.
1: We mess with stuff. And the other component to that is modern farming practices have been to spray the wheat crop with um, pesticides right before they harvest it because it increases the yield. Okay. So um, it's an economic, financial decision that mm-hmm. has become a ordinary practice of farmers. So then you've got recently sprayed pesticide on the wheat crop that then goes into our food. Um, for people who have endometriosis or hormone sensitivities, um, pesticides tends to be um, an endocr- endocrine disruptor. So it oh mimics estrogen in the body. So oh then wow. it flares up all of the disease. Oh my goodness. So that's why for me, Mm -hmm. um, I try to eat organic as much as I can Mm -hmm. just to keep the pesticide low in my body.
0: Wow. So how did all of this part of your journey transition into you getting into holy yoga? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um,
1: I went on a mission trip in January of 2017 with my 13 year old daughter Mm -hmm. to Sierra Leone. I have a girlfriend who lives over there uh, with her family and on the second to last day my back went out like the worst it had ever gone out in my life i couldn't even bend my neck to look at my toes without excruciating oh it. my goodness um so i was a little bit terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> about getting on a plane with her and the next day they prayed over me and i had like a hundred percent healing and was able to get on the plane. I came back to the states, and it started kind of yo-yo. There's mm-hmm. good days and bad days. And my husband started. My husband's kind of my check-in point. He noticed that every time I went to the gym and did like an intensive workout, like a HIIT class or a weightlifting class, I'd come back and I couldn't hardly walk up the stairs because my back hurt so bad. Oh my so he said, "I think you need to stop." And I said, "There's no way I'm going to stop because." Exercise is my stress relief, and I don't want to kill everybody in the house. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel you on that. (laughs) And um, eventually, I pulled out the schedule at the Y, and I'm like, okay, yoga. I used to do yoga at home on a DVD, and when I did, my mat didn't go out ever Mm -hmm. those years that I did it. So I took a yoga class. I'd never been in a group yoga class before. Mm -hmm. And probably about two yoga classes in, I realized the whole time I was on my mat, I felt 100% 100% healed. Wow. Um, and I started thinking, yoga is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. and so healing. So is Jesus. Mm-hmm. wonder if anybody's ever thought about putting the two things together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's how then I found home yoga. I didn't find any classes that were taught around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I began to pray about whether or not um, I should bring classes to Springfield and um, at the time it was such a hilarious stretch because I used to have bruises all over my body from mysterious injuries because I'm so ridiculously clumsy (laughs) Um, I don't have flexibility you Mm -hmm. know I don't you know I don't feel like I'm a great teacher oh you're amazing all of these things (laughs) you know all these like things the enemy wants to say to shake you up and Mm -hmm. uh, the gal that um i had started mighty strong girls with and i were in the car and i asked her if she would pray about me being a yoga teacher
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know this laughable thing that i would be a yoga teacher and as i told her that i pulled up to an intersection behind a car that was covered in yoga stickers
0: wow so i kind of took that as the sign is isn't was... it interesting how like when we pray and we're seeking God for guidance in something, he always gives us signs. We just have to pay attention. Right. They're always in front of us. Right. He, and I noticed that, like, you pray about something, and it's all—it's always in front of you. It's always there. We just have to be present and see it.
1: Yeah. I really believe if he wants you to know, he will make it.
0: He will. He'll make, He'll it, make, make it plain. It mm-hmm. I agree. For
1: sure. I agree. So I um, did the certification and um immediately came back and went into uh touch training which is like a acupressure therapeutic touch that can be incorporated with yoga Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and
1: part of the philosophy behind that is to start to um integrate a healthy touch in people again because a lot of people don't even know what healthy touch is Mm -hmm. people um i would say especially in nursing homes but everywhere just crave a human touch, a human connection, just, you know, a pat on the arm or Mm -hmm. a handshake or something. We just Mm -hmm. lack that. Um, And then I went from that into the trauma-sensitive training, which was a little bit more involved. And that's my favorite place to be. What's the trauma-sensitive training entail? Um, A lot of it was just training on uh, what it means to have trauma, Mm -hmm. how, how people manage or um don't manage their trauma right um, and then just exploring that and then how to layer in the mind body connection Mm -hmm. with trauma Mm -hmm. so for instance one of the responses that you might have if you have been um in a traumatic situation is to just become emotionally numb right um and you kind of avoid any sort of emotional connection which Mm -hmm. of course isn't healthy Mm -hmm. Um, so in yoga we want to restore the idea of being present and noticing what's going on in the body Mm -hmm. and I believe that even with my health issues I was numbing myself out to the pain that was going on in the inside because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was doctors couldn't figure out what it was there weren't answers Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times I ate to quiet my body even though it was exacerbating all of the problems that I had
0: I was just wanting to numb out. I've always, um, emotional eating was always something that I had to work on to overcome because of the trauma I had been through. And it was one of my numbing mechanisms that I used, like, to numb the inner cries of myself. And anytime I was feeling any emotional angst, it food. It was like my source, right. like, um, yeah. stuff it, stuff it, <laughs> stuff it, stuff um, it. And when I started on this path and had been, working more and more on allowing myself to feel and not numb and stuff like that. It really, it really does take practice. Would it, do, do you think it was like a practice for you or did it come naturally once you got learn more oh, about yoga? No, or? I still struggle with that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just telling someone the other day, um, I did that vegan shred challenge back in April and I had like gotten low body fat percentage and was all cut up. And then my mom had a stroke this summer and had all that family drama that happened. And I gained back all that weight that I lost. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, you know, but this time I had more compassion for myself. So I think that's the shift I experienced this year. I was like, instead of beating myself up for it, I was like, you know what, Cash, you went through a lot this summer. It was emotionally wrecking havoc all my life. And, If food comforted you to get through it, oh, well, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's like, I think having that awareness and just being able to like, okay, now I see it. It's in my past. I'm over it now. I can pick back up. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, I would like beat myself up over it and I would perpetuate the bad habit. Mm -hmm. Num, 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 num. Because now I'm beating myself up Mm -hmm. over coping with it that way. And I would just continue to cope that way.
1: Right.
0: Gosh, it's such a
1: trap. It is. Yeah. So I alluded to the fact that I've got other issues coming up. Mm-hmm. I found out um, a couple weeks ago that I'm having anaphylactic-like reactions to caffeine, which is tragic because I love coffee a lot and mm. I also love chocolate mm, um, me too. but it there were hints for a couple of years but something has happened in the last two weeks that has like sent it over the edge so mm-hmm. my throat is swelling and I'm having severe migraines again so like a part of me is uh, feels somewhat unqualified to even be here though I know that's a
0: lie yeah Um, because it's a lifelong journey it
1: is and I don't want other people who hear this to be discouraged that Mm -hmm. um it's like a one-and-done thing we you know life throws you different circumstances all the time and so part of our job is to figure out how we shift as our circumstances shift Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. to stay in the muck but I'm in the muck right now I'm not gonna lie and um I had been doing a lot of intermittent fasting in the fall because i had such a stressful Mm -hmm. year with my husband's health Mm -hmm. and then this food allergy developed and Mm -hmm. i kind of just put everything on hold like stop it amy right now Mm -hmm. because i felt like i was getting in that cycle of obsessing over healthy eating to the point where it was it was not allowing me to even address the things that are going on in my body. So I think it's okay to pause and say, I need to deal with what's happening now. Yes. And what's happening now is I have something unknown with allergies. Mm -hmm. I know the caffeine. I'm going to see an allergist in early January. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have some other things. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I feel like Um, Not that I'm going to go on a splurge and eat all the junk that I can, but not to hyper focus on things right now because something's shifting in my body and Mm -hmm. I don't want to like disrupt (laughs) anything. I don't want to just like jump off the ship here. Like,
0: you know. What do you, how do you feel like you're handling things differently now for where you're at in your journey compared to in the past? When when you were having all the health challenges you had previously before you had your shifts and breakthroughs, oh, I have
1: so much more grace for myself.
0: I think that's the game changer.
1: I think so too. And, you know, that was my encounter with God in the mirror anyway, was His grace, right? Yeah. So I think knowing that, you know, I don't need to know the end result right now to be Mm -hmm. able to love myself in this moment and say it's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to share authentically that. I'm struggling.
0: Yeah. But I think that also shows your faith, which it seems like it's carried you through all of this time. It's like you had the faith to know that I may not be able to see it in the physical sense, but spiritually I know that I'll get to the other side. And I think that's what this journey is all about. It's not I had a therapist who um she she studied people who were happy. And she said that the happiest people in the world were those who were always striving and reaching towards something. They weren't happy because of the outcome, they were happy because of the pursuit of the outcome. Oh, I love that. And that really resonated with me because I think a lot of society is programmed to. I won't be happy till I'm married. I won't be happy till I lose the weight. I won't be happy till I have the job. I won't be happy until, until, until. But she was saying that the people who are really happy in life and have true joy and peace are those who have realized that the happiness is in the middle. It's in the pursuit of it. And then, because once you achieve it, then what? Right. I have the apple now, now what? <laughs> you know, so it's like, it seems like that's where you're at now, where it's like you've realized that, yeah, it may suck, or yeah, it's uncomfortable, but now I know that I'll get through it. I know that this won't last forever, and I know that God will see me to the other side. Does that seem like that's the difference this time?
1: Yeah, I'm going to share a really personal story. <laughs> this morning, my four-year-old jumped in the shower with me. I was done showering, and she needed to clean off before church, mm-hmm. and um she said something as she was getting ready to get in the shower about how she wanted a big belly like mine and then she got in the belly in the shower with me and Mm -hmm. I said so you want a big belly like mine and she's like yeah and I'm like do you like my belly and she's like yeah I do and I said see these stretch marks here these stretch marks happened because I had to be able to grow you inside Mm -hmm. my belly and Mm -hmm. she thought that was kind of cool but the the difference in the way I approached that and the way I approached my oldest who is now 17 when she first said I had a big stomach and Mm -hmm. it was more negative from Mm -hmm. her voice than it was from my four-year-old which Mm -hmm. might be just the way I am you heard it Um, but she you know and then the conversation that we had was so much different because with Abby I would have been like oh my gosh stop stop talking about my stomach and it's so big you don't want a stomach like mine and instead I just said oh you like my stomach do you You yeah and I said I even said at one point I like my stomach too and you know so Uh, just sharing that with her right no I don't because I put a little weight
0: on but I do but I do but the shift there you know because even like when you shared when you had that breakthrough moment initially in your journey where you had the mirror encounter with God and seeing your body and how you felt about your body beforehand. Whereas this time it sounds like you have had a complete shift where you're like, it may not be exactly where I want, but I'm okay. Right, right. And I want her to be okay and think it's okay. Yeah. Because it's not about the belly, right? I think that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big
1: deal. The bigger deal would be me 100% accepting my belly just like it is. and you know, it's a process. I'll get there.
0: <laughs> yep. I think, um, I think that the fact that you're able to have that compassion for yourself and not judge yourself or beat yourself up. And I'm sure that probably may come in here and there, but it's like, it does sound like the way you're handling the challenge you're having now is different than the way you have handled it before. And I think that's what this is all about not just this is in this journey but even like this podcast where i like to share stories and stuff i feel like oftentimes people get stuck in the process in the middle of something and they get discouraged and they want to quit or give up but it seems like you have like this renewed sense of faith where it's like i know i'll get to the other side right and you're just writing it out until you get there right
1: and i love what you said earlier about the study on people who are happiest who are setting those goals and trying to strive for yeah. something I already did my vision board for 2020. Mm -hmm. 2019 was an awful year um, and I didn't make a vision board. And so if I would um, share any advice, it would be to write your goals down um, and to put them somewhere where you can see them. And sometimes the goal is the process. Like part of my vision board is just to uh, do things with my husband. So I had a picture of a magazine clipping of a, a husband and wife on a bike ride. Like, just some things that we can do together that we um, would enjoy. Um, So, and you know, to give more and to be more present, and those things aren't like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not everybody's ordinary goal, but Mm -hmm. I try to um, just have a wide range of goals that I put on my vision board and Mm -hmm. and put up there. And I didn't have that this year. So, Mm -hmm. I felt like I struggled more than I might have because I didn't write things down and I was just trying to work through the mires. Yeah
0: treatment. I feel like it really helps to steer your focus. Um, I feel like this year like despite all the challenges I've had and some setbacks I still feel like it was my best year within a lot of different areas because I was so crystal clear on goals in different areas and I feel like Despite whatever life challenges came, I had these goals that kind of steered my focus where I could get myself back on track because I know, like, this is not in alignment with my goal. I need to get back on track. Um, So that's why I love what my therapist shared about that um, with people who are happy and goal because I do think that's true. Like, regardless what happens in life, if you have any setbacks or you fall off, your goal is what kind of helps you get back on the path and and stay focused.
1: Well, somebody, I was talking with somebody about my, um, spiritual giftedness and my passion and my goals the other day. And I said, I don't really know what I'm going to do next year. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. and, and I'm not sure. And I'm like, here I am. I'm going to be 46 and I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You don't live a day of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I have a, I have two teenagers and I have a four year old and you know, like I said earlier, circumstances shift. So Mm -hmm. I'm shifting. And she said to me, it's not that you don't know what you're doing, you're in transition. Yeah. And I love that. We we, we sometimes, I think, give up too soon on something because we feel like it's not working out when really we're just transitioning what we're doing into the next phase, which is going to be even more amazing. I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
0: I love that. I
1: know. I'm
0: transitioning. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is a, w- a wonderful place to end off here because it goes to show those of you who are either struggling with health challenges or different challenges, like you don't have to be perfect and have it all figured out. It's just trusting that you'll get to the other side and hang in there. And um, if you're in a transition, being okay with it. Yes. So where can people find you? Well, I'm on Facebook um, right
1: now. I have um, a, like a business page. It's Amy Denny Seeking Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on Instagram, I think, under Amy Denny or Moving Mountains with Amy. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank and- you. This was a fun conversation. It was. Hopefully um, we can do this again, and I'm sure we'll have many other things we can talk about. I would love.
1: That. I would love nothing
0: more. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys or talk with you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.